Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. I'm Chuck. And uh, this week, we have got uh, some stories that we decided we wanted to cover because we've gotten enough messages about them and inundated on social media with them. And so uh, we're going to go do some current event type stuff this episode and uh, forego a guest this week. So I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Yeah. I mean, these two are doozies. And um, unfortunately, stuff like this happens. And it happens, and not in each circumstance to the T, but to a point far too often um, where just certain things happen that should hopefully be avoided, but sometimes they don't. They aren't avoided. Sometimes there are no-win scenarios, and sometimes, you know, with no-win scenarios, the best thing you can do is learn your lesson (laughs) and try and figure out how to handle it better next time. Um, but first I wanted to talk about a message that we got sent from a listener. And, uh, I think we'll have to actually do a little research and get a guest on to discuss this. Um, so I got a picture and it, it was clearly not like a news photo. This was a picture taken with somebody's cell phone camera or digital camera, whatever it was. And it was a Ohio patrol officer. And he had his hair completely shaved all the way around on the sides and the hair on the top was pulled back. Like, like Jason Newstead in nineties Metallica (laughs) and then pulled back like a man bun at the very top. He had this teeny tiny little either miniature ponytail or flipped inverted bun (laughs) and he's in uniform. No. And did, did you get the, did you see that one? I did not. Okay, I'm going to send it to you right now so you can see exactly what the hell we're talking about. Now, it's not this fake. A, this was a no. D- well, you, t- I just sent you the picture, Chuck. You can look at that picture and you can tell me if you think that is uh, fake or real. It looks like somebody standing on the side of the road with two CHP officers whipped I out their cell phone that. camera and took a picture of this Highway Patrol. I, I thought that was totally Photoshop when I saw it. I was like, no fucking way. California Higher Patrol. No way. So the message we got along with it. And I said, what? Because I replied, I said, what in the name of Ponch and John is this happy horse shit? And uh, the message I got in return said um, that the, the listener has an army buddy who recently left the CHP to fly helicopters. Woof, woof, woof. I like that. Uh, he's a former Blackhawk pilot in the army, and now he flies for PG&E. Um, and his response was when he sent him this picture was the CHP adjusted all of their grooming standards to gender neutral parentheses because they're idiots. Wow. They had no idea what their decision would lead that their decision would lead to men looking absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just say that in well, let me, so let me finish the end of this response he says okay. uh, I, I say good for the officer for following policies and procedures correctly and then that was the response and then the, the our listener said apparently the new standards include dreads braids 
um, and other things. And so some of the people who thought it up were promoted by making the new policy. Um, wow. And some officers are pushing the limit. And the the response I got was uh, they're pushing the limit by growing mohawks and mullets just to prove <laughs> how ridiculous the policy is or to push it as far as they possibly can. Um, we will share this picture. You will see this picture. If you want to see it, I will, I will blur out the officer's face um, and any identifying information. Cause I don't, I don't know who this officer is and I don't want to, you know, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. Um, and I don't know if he's doing this to prove a point or if he really is enjoying the relaxed grooming standards. Uh, but yeah, so here we are. It's almost, it's almost as stupid as those kids when you're growing up. Their, their parents gave them rat tails and shit. Like yeah, my mom so tried doing that shit to me. <laughs> I, so I have always wondered, right? I've always legitimately wondered why, if women can wear their hair up in a French braid or a bun, why a long-haired man couldn't be in the military or a police officer and do the same? Right. Well, they just now the answer has always been, well, women want to, you know, want be able to maintain femininity when they're out of uniform and men don't have that problem. So da, 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 da. but I worked with a girl who literally wore big, stupid white Jersey Shore sunglasses and mint green nail polish in uniform with pigtail braids. And eccentric. I complained once about it being unprofessional looking and I got the counseling uh, from a buddy of mine that was like, Hey dude, leave that alone. You're going to, you're barking up the wrong tree. You're just going to piss off the Lieutenant who was a female and you're going to put a target on your back. So I let it go. I had something similar happen to me. <laughs> so I Since thought, guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought we'd put it out to the listeners. Um, if you're seeing relaxed grooming standards, uh, like this at your department or at other departments. I know Chuck, you have seen it at departments <clears throat> near you, near where you're at. Uh, um, and I have yet to see it in person because I've been out of the game for so long. However, when I was leaving law enforcement, I did notice that some departments were pushing for men. They were transitioning to uh, patrol guys would be allowed to wear beards or goatees. Um, well, First of all, let me just say this. When you join the law enforcement agency or police department, it says, and most agencies say this, this is a quasi-military agency. Mm-hmm. We have policies and procedures, customs and courtesies. Okay. Mm-hmm. That of what we we developed from the military. We've took yeah, similar taken to certain military, things from the military. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and it's to keep us professional, to keep us squared away, so we look mm-hmm. good because when you have good officer presence. And you look good. Your, your uniform is nice and tight. You, you know, you take care of yourself. You're, you're you're groomed. Less people want to fight with you. I can attest to that. I it, can attest it, to that too. Does work. I have seen soup sandwiches getting more use of forces. Then I'm like, holy shit! How do they keep getting the use of forces yet? And then they can't really fight. And then you got guys that are like me, who they look good in the uniforms most of the time. You know, um, they they take care of themselves. Um, they shave their head because well, I don't have hair, but so I shave my head. No, you keep to, keep your hair <laughs> groomed. You keep right. Yeah. Even if I have a mustache, it's, it's groomed. It's nice. It's, it's, right. I look presentable. I look squared away. Less people want to mess with me. Cause they're like, that guy takes care of himself. 
I might get my ass kicked. But that guy over there that doesn't look like he tucked in his shirt today, looks like a soup sandwich, his uniform's wrinkly as shit. Yeah, that's the guy yeah. I want to fight. His hair is all right. floppy and nasty. Because he doesn't look like and, he knows what he's doing. <clears throat> right, exactly. He doesn't look, right. um, what is it? Uh, he doesn't look squared away. He doesn't look, yeah, he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I have seen agencies, <clears throat> I'm not going to say any names, um, but I have seen agencies adopt relaxed grooming standards uh, for cultural um, differences or cultural uh, different cultures. Such yeah, as, I've seen departments um, adopt uh, turbans for Sikhs. <clears throat> right. But then it went as far as for me seeing it, um, the, the LGBTQ community where um, women who identify more as, as male, they, they are allowed to now shave the sides of their heads, you know, and I, I, we, I saw this one female and she was a cool chick. Don't get me wrong. I, I had no issues with her. But she damn near had a mohawk and she would spike her hair. And I'm like, no guy would be no guy. A guy who had that haircut would have gotten written up and yelled at. But because she was a female mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she was on the other side, she's batting for the other team. They left her alone. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then they started yeah. adopting more grooming standards where such as dreadlocks and things like that. And, th- and that was generally for more of like the black culture and things like that. But mm-hmm. if, a, if, a, if a someone other than, of that culture was to do the exact same hairstyle they would get written up. So I think that that was, and that was a precursor to all of this shit. So Mm -hmm. they probably looked at that and then they were like, Oh, well we can't have that. So now we just need to open up to enter everybody and gender equality for all. And that's what that looks like to me is now you have officers are like, okay, check and mate challenge accepted. Right. Um, As Neil Patrick Harris would say, and uh, how I met your mother, (laughs) challenge accepted and this shit is going to be legend wait for it dairy because yeah. that shit is wild you can fucking do it as a man but i thought it was i thought it was fake when i first saw it but i, I it I looks mean, legit to me that looks really shit it that looks, looks like legit. a legit photo so we will post the photo um if you guys are seeing this we're gonna have somebody on uh i think we know who we're gonna have on but i don't want to say who because we don't we haven't guaranteed we haven't locked them in yet um but uh we will discuss uh, especially because this person takes, if we, if we get him, takes great pride in their appearance and is squared away yes. and, and has a tie in to some of this stuff directly. Um, right. but, uh, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, Hey, I, I don't dig on, I, I don't dig on all the, the grooming standards. I don't necessarily agree. Like the tat, I was a victim of the tattoo policy controversy. You yeah, know, we, we can get into that. We can definitely get into that, mm. but Ultimately, the question is, is there a line to be drawn and do you draw the line somewhere or is it a free for all? And, you know, if you can draw a line, then where do you draw it? And if you can't, then guess what? It all bets are off. I think what you said a bunch of times is when you start going that way, it's a slippery slope and they've opened Pandora's box. And where, where is that line going to be drawn now? How do you, how do you quantify that line? How do you say one person can do this, but the other person can't, can't, can't at that point you can't. So now if you're going to reduce, reduce or relax, I'm sorry, relax grooming standards, you need to do it for everybody. That's goes for facial hair that goes for tattoos, because if you can have a man bun, but you can't have show your tattoos and you have tattoos, how is that fair? You know, mm-hmm. um, if you can't, if, if that person can have a man bun, mohawk, fucking, you know, braids as a sure. man, things sure. like that. Why can't I have a goatee? Why can't I have a small beard? And, you know, and I've seen the, the whole excuse of, well, what if we have to don and clear our gas mask? Cause that was what the military is. I'm like, okay, what about special operators? 
What about yeah. what about SEALs? What about Green Berets? What about Delta Force? It. What about all those spec op guys, those special operations capable dudes, those SOC guys and those JSOC dudes who rock beard so that they can go covert when they're overseas, right. when they're not in full kits, so that way they can do reconnaissance missions behind enemy lines to to kind of like, you know, yep. and they do with it. locals and things like that. And they do it and they're they're special they're operations. Right. You know, when's the last Fuck time it. you saw a tier one guy shave when he was in country? <laughs> never, never really. Never I mean, there, there's been there's been times where they've had, yeah, of shave, course, obviously, but, but you know, but most of the time it's it's stateside when they ask them to shave when it is something presentable like a ball or or someone's you're putting on your or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So. Where your dress blues, your dress whites, yep. or something like that, or your dress greens, or a dog you know, and pony your show, your charlies, your your you know your your blues, your your good looking shit. You shave mm-hmm. right because you want to look yep. good, feel good. Exactly. <clears throat> However, I think I might reach out to someone we had on the show as well, uh, also from the other cat who, and just give him a phone call, yeah. um, who was the assistant chief of police for, at one point, the California Highway Patrol, and ask him to reach out to some people and, and, and yeah. ascertain if Get a little confirmation. these standards are real. Because if that And is, what they're seeing exactly as a result of it. Yeah. 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 So, I, wanna, cool. I would love to, to know that. But we had two... Uh, not you know grooming standards we can joke around and make fun of it we had two various very serious situations uh one in oklahoma and one in colorado um so let's just start with uh denver police um back in july they the body camera footage has been uh released but back in july there was a uh man in a crowded downtown bar area uh, called Lodo, and I don't know what Lodo is short for. I didn't see it in the article, but uh, it, you know, it's like every, every you got WeHo and NoHo and SoHo and all these different hoes and does and lows, and so it's obviously uh, Denver's got a, a bar district called that. Late bars are getting out. People are you know getting uh, feeling their oats and being a little drunk, and one guy gets a little rowdy with uh, some other guys out in front of a bar and you watch the video, you watch the, the, the cam- camera from the street, the surveillance camera. And then you watch the body camera footage. You can see this guy's, you know, pushing and shoving. And so a couple of uniformed officers come over and he sees that they're coming over. So he makes a U-turn and beats feet through the crowd. And it looks like there's like a taco truck or, or some sort of food trailer vendor on the street. He's, he's got that in between him and the officers and he's trying to make a beeline away from him and get away. So they go around the other side and confront him. As soon as they go to confront him, he reaches into his hoodie, pulls out a gun, and it takes him about two or three tries to get the gun to clear the hoodie, but he's grabbing it by the barrel. And again, you can see all of this if you watch frame by frame in the body mm-hmm. camera. Grabs grabs a hold of the gun, ditches the gun, and between the time he ditches the gun... I think it was between the time he ditches the gun or between the time he actually clears the gun out of the hoodie and the time the officers put rounds on him was about five frames, which translates to if you if you figure there's 25 to 30 frames per second, depending on if it's 24 or 30 frames a second, depending on if it's film or video, it's about 30 frames a second. So you figure if it's five frames, five goes into 30 six times. So it's one sixth of a second. A second yeah. yeah, one sixth of a second between the seeing the gun and putting rounds on the kid. And uh, the unfortunate uh, result is that Denver police 
wounded six bystanders, put rounds into six bystanders. Um, there's that's there's, just a lot to unpack here. Did you watch the video, Chuck? No, I'm looking at it right now. I was reading the the excerpt, but let me just say this: we said it before on the show. We said it other places, uh, including locker room. The FBI has come up with facts that support this, that your brain takes five seconds to realize that someone's a threat or not, or that they're not a threat any longer. It takes about five seconds if you're starting to pull the trigger mm-hmm. to finally realize, okay, the person's dropped the gun. That's why you see people when they fall a couple more rounds, sometimes hit them once they hit the ground is because the officer's brain hasn't had a chance to catch up with their actions. Now, <clears throat> I've been in a similar circumstance with good background where there wasn't a group of people or a bar behind the suspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we almost shot and killed someone with a gun. It was a, it was a, it was a uh, man with a gun called. It was a female with a gun, but came out as a man with a gun because that's how the gun right. comes out. And she was pointing a gun at uh, Pastor Bias and actually pointed a gun at a, at a detective coming into work. And he put out a help call. He had a radio on him because he's a detective. So he carries that shit with him at all times. He put out a help call because he, as soon as he hits the city limits, he turns his radio on just in case he has to respond hot to a call when he's coming here. It's just how detectives roll. It's safer that way. You you, you turn that radio on when you get in the car, you get the air. If something happens, you can respond to it. Especially when you work in a shitty city. Yep. So he puts it out and officers respond. Um, Me and a couple other guys are first officers on scene. Suspect has a gun. Suspect pulls it out of her hoodie or pants or whatever the fuck. And we are, she is so lucky she didn't die because she was facing us and she pulled it out so fast, was ignoring um, commands. Put your hands up. Don't reach. Stop reaching. She reached in and immediately pulled it out. Would it have been a good shoot if we shot? Absolutely. However, all three of us at the same time saw the way she was holding it. And when I say shit, you get tunnel vision, shit slows down, but it's going really fast. This is what I mean. We saw her index finger and her thumb holding the grip of Mm -hmm. the fake 1911 in her hand. And then she immediately threw it to the ground. Holy shit. Pucker factor central. And she was lucky she didn't get shot. She ended up getting arrested and charges got filed on her. But that's a fluke. That's a fucking fluke. When you have a suspect who has a gun, maybe a call came out, there's a suspect armed with a gun, you're already thinking he has a gun, right? So when that, right. that's already there, that, that, that fucking info is already there. And then the person's not listening and goes to pull it out. I'm, I'll go I mean, you one better. I'll go you one better. If you didn't even see the gun, right? You get a call yeah. of a person wearing a hoodie and jeans pointing <clears throat> a gun. And, and also your informant or your reporting party in this case happens to be law enforcement a detective so their their observations are more reliable than just the average schmuck on the street right and they put out the description you show up there is a suspect at that location matching that description exactly where they said they were going to be you don't see a gun and you say put your hands up and they immediately reach down for where a gun would be hidden you're going to shoot him you can shoot him, right? We know that. We know this. You don't have to see the gun. You just have to perceive a threat to your life or someone else's. An right? imminent threat 
a serious bodily injury and right. or death. Death or serious bodily injury. And California actually codifies what serious bodily injury is. And all of this getting shot qualifies, right? And what imminent is and immediate. Right. Exactly. So the fact that this woman came up with it between her thumb and her first finger, like it was, you know, a stinky diaper. And the fact that you three had enough of a half of a breath pause to see it that way and not give her lead poisoning is a credit to your training and your mindset and your preparedness. And, you know, I don't want to say lesser officers, but maybe officers that weren't as prepared, that weren't as street savvy, that maybe were a little greener or maybe were a little more, um, you know, complacent. Maybe, maybe she's dead. Maybe she's not alive at this point. She is the lucky one. She's the lucky one. (laughs) The slack on those triggers were taken in all the way. Right. right. And at one millisecond, one tenth of the one sixth of a second longer, there would have been a round, multiple rounds downrange. And I've been there. I've pulled the slack out of the trigger and been ready. Okay. So I'll tell you a a funny story about that. It's my, uh, my old man. He's been on the show and I can't remember if we talked about this when he was on the show or not, but I remember growing up. And this story made a huge impression on me because my dad told it to me when I was very young. He said they were chasing a car up uh, burglary suspects up into the hills uh, above Los Angeles. Right. And um, the car pulls off to the side of the road. It's up. And if you guys don't know Los Angeles, there's like some foothills that kind of separate the the downtown area and the beach area from the, the valley area, you know, and uh, there's these big hills with windy roads. Up there. Pass. Yeah. And so these guys were up there and they pulled off and foot bailed out of the car into the neighborhood in the pitch black. Right. So my dad grabs the shotgun. There's a bunch of cops on foot. They, they ditch their patrol cars. And as they're looking for these guys, um, his, the senior officer on scene looks at my old man, who's the younger officer at the time and says, Hey, uh, Gandy, go back and uh, go back and stay with the cars in case they double back to their vehicle. Smart. So my old man goes back and he's got, again, he's got the shotgun. He gets back to where the cars are. And guess what? There's a guy back at the cars and he is walking towards the suspect vehicle. So my dad says, Hey, turn around, freeze, you know, put your hands up, blah, 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 blah. And the guy doesn't keeps walking towards my dad. And my dad, you know, racks the shotgun, points it at him. He says, stop, don't, don't come any closer, blah, 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 blah. The guy doesn't do anything except keep walking towards my old man. And my old man's, you know, like, I don't, you know, what do you, he's not, he's not presenting a weapon. He's not reaching for anything, but he just keeps advancing on it. The guy got to the point where the barrel of the shotgun was practically in his stomach and my dad's finger was on the trigger. And if you've ever held and fired a 12 gauge shotgun, once you rack that thing, there is no slack in the trigger. No, it's, it's very, very hairy. It's, yeah, it's it's like a, it, a sneeze is too much to set it off, you know, and you can bump guy, him. <laughs> yeah. So this guy was not the suspect, wasn't even associated with the suspect. He had heard the commotion and come outside to see what was going on. And for some reason, he just didn't comprehend that my dad was giving him the orders he was giving him. But my dad had, you know, the good sense not to blow a hole in the stomach of a man who was just too stupid to follow instructions. Oh yeah. I've been bad. Right now taking that half a second 
that you guys did, taking the half a second my dad did, taking the half a second I've taken when I've had my gun multiple times had the slack pulled out of the trigger. Sometimes that's going to be a half second too long. But a lot of times it's going to save yourself from a world of hurt. So that's the first issue is that could, did they have the the authority to shoot this dude for for whipping this gun out? Absolutely. We're not yeah. we're not debating that. And I also want to talk about I reached out to a lieutenant friend of mine and he was one of the good street cops, one of the best street cops I ever worked with now who just happens to have proven that, uh, you know, the system sometimes works correctly by getting promoted to lieutenant. And we talked about it and he said, this is a shit, no win situation. And it really yeah. is. Um, because let's face it, like they had the authority to shoot him mm-hmm. and this guy could have stopped what was going to happen to him very simply. A, when the cops came over to talk to him, he should have just stopped. Yes. Right. B, he didn't have to try and escape. C, when he did realize that he was about to get pinched, what does this dumb shit do? He reaches into his waistband to get the gun. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take um, any potential bad guys listening to the show to uh, bad guy school 101 for a minute. Okay. If you have a gun on you and the cops are coming to talk to you, put your fucking hands up and don't reach for the gun. Just take the gun charge rather than get ventilated because throwing the gun away isn't going to prevent you from taking a gun charge. (laughs) charge. You're still going to get it, but you're still going to get the gun charge. But you're playing Russian roulette at that point that by trying to get rid of that gun, you're going to get ventilated. If you had put your hands up and said, okay, okay, I give up. There's a gun in my waistband. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. And then at that point complied with every single order that they gave you in the most slow and careful way possible. They wouldn't have to open fire because they wouldn't perceive your gun as a threat. And um, I don't, you know, there's so many states that, are allowing constitutional carry nowadays. I mean, if you are carrying a gun in constitutional carry and, you know, for, for example, in uh, uh, Colorado, anybody who is 21 years old and permitted to legally possess, possess a handgun pursuant to federal and state laws has the authority to carry the handgun as a person who holds a permit. So, that guy may not have even taken a gun charge. Right. Why did he have the gun? I don't know. And I got to say this, that suspects actions are going to dictate the police actions. And I read that article that you sent and it seems like it's Denver, Denver's post. It seems like it's a very liberal one-sided anti-police column. Just some, something similar to like the LA times. Yeah. It's hard to find anything. They're so biased against the police. However, if that suspect never would have reached anybody complied, no one would have got shot. It's not like the cops Correct. are out there to shoot. How, and then, you know, if you are a bystander watching something and cops have guns drawn, get the fuck out of the way. Move. Mm-hmm. Don't just sit there and stare and stand behind them and looking at the cops guns like, oh, this is wild. And what don't whip out your fucking phone and film it, you dumb shit. <clears throat> get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, of the, out of the way. Because we as police officers are trained to acknowledge background. But sometimes the 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 risk is something that we have to take and we hope we don't hit anybody if we kind of have a shitty background because if that person does present a weapon and start shooting at us they can kill more people 
Um, and sometimes it, it happens in shitty situations. Sometimes happens when you have shit background. Um, people get innocent bystanders sometimes get hurt and it's, it's a really shitty thing, but it's not the police officer's fault. Most of the time it's the suspect's fault because if that suspect never would have reached for the gun, they never would have gotten shot. And then, and you know, then the people behind them never would have got shot. There has been numerous incidents that we've seen in California, because I can speak to California with the Los Angeles police department. The latest one was in the, the, the H and M, I think it was H and M where some female got shot in a dressing room because an AR round mm-hmm. went through a fucking mm-hmm. wall. That is right. sad, but they had good background. They didn't know that someone was in the fitting room. And they now in this case, they have terrible backdrop. They have a terrible yes, backdrop. It's horrible. It's a fucking and bar. Like there, there is, there is something to be said for, how much consideration did they have for their backdrop? And I could see officers. I I could honestly see the potential for them getting administratively disciplined. If maybe not charged with anything, but I could see officers getting administratively disciplined for violating policy. If in any of their testimony, any of them say, well, I didn't even think about the backdrop. Like if you're supposed to, right. All I saw was the guy in the gun. If you, if you don't, train if you don't prepare your mind if you don't do what chuck and i were talking about where you 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 know i've said it so many times i've been in four thousand shootings the first three first three thousand nine hundred ninety nine of them were in my head if you don't mentally prepare yourself for that moment and if you don't give yourself the skills to to clear that tunnel vision and be able to evaluate those situations in a hot second in a hot sixth of a second you know yeah the the one of the first rule range rules is be aware of your target and what's beyond it yeah. which is backdrop your background yeah. backdrop background whatever same thing and you're gonna have people be like well they could have waited a little bit longer okay let's say they wait sure. right and this is a no-win situation let me just say this right now I, this right. is a shit situation it's a really yes. shitty situation especially for those what do you do with shitty situations you de- debrief them and try to learn yeah because anyway, now they have to live with this but yes <clears throat> um if they would have waited, you people, oh, well, they should have waited a little bit longer. Okay, let's say they wait. Let's say yeah. the situation changes. They wait a little bit longer because they're like, fuck, background. My backdrop is shit. It's a bar. There's people out. Suspect pulls out the gun, starts shooting at the officers, and then kills an innocent bystander across the street. Or turns and, into an active shooter. Or it turns into an active shooter and more people get shot. Cops get shot. More innocent civilian yeah. bystanders get shot. And then let's say the suspect never even gets shot. And he just gives up. Or he gets ventilated and he dies. Then the question really is, why didn't they shoot him? People have been shot. It, mm-hmm. it's, this is the situations that run through an officer's head in a split second, and they have to make a split second decision to save their lives and other people's lives and take the suspect down and neutralize the threat. Not kill him, Correct. neutralize the threat. Correct. Death is a byproduct of that. Yeah. Sometimes. If that's how the threat gets neutralized, mm-hmm. that's how the threat gets right. neutralized. I was not taught to shoot to kill. I was taught to shoot to stop. Stop the threat. Unfortunately, it's a shitty situation. There's a fucking bar. You know, it's a really shit situation. Can I say the officers could have waited longer? Well, me watching the video. Yeah, I could have because the the suspect threw the gun. However, it's totally different when you're there. I can tell you Mm -hmm. that from firsthand experience. Tom can tell you that. It's Mm -hmm. so much different when you're there. So to try to get in the officer's mindset is so much different. I I probably um, have been in one of those situations. Would I have shot? Maybe. Maybe it's a good chance I could have. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't there. And right. I can't say that every situation I get in is going to be like the one where I, I, I saw that person's hand. That was a fluke. Um, it, every situation is not the same. Every situation is different. 
your eyes see something different, your brain sees something different and, you know, your body camera sees something different, you know, it's, it's shitty situations. And this is one of them. And unfortunately Mm -hmm. some, some bystanders gotten shot. It's happened uh, before with other agencies. It's going to happen again, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially when suspects fire at officers and there's an officer involved shooting and then an innocent bystander gets shot, you know, but but again, all this is dictated by a bad guy doing bad guy shit. Or right. a, if he a dumbass doing dumbass shit. If he had just complied, again, wouldn't even have taken a gun charge in Colorado, probably, unless he was a prohibited person. Right. This is a shit situation. Like, why would you do that? And yeah. in my eyes, suspects to blame. Oh, um, 100%. 100%. It, ultimately, this idiot started the ruckus. And right. thou the, the, let he who fucketh around be the first to findeth out. Like, unfortunately, these six people... We're in the wrong place at the wrong time when somebody started some stupid shit and he had to get dealt with by the popo and they ventilated him. And unfortunately, through the circumstances, six other people were struck. Luckily, none of them were killed. Right. Luckily, none of those innocent bystanders were killed. But you guys got to understand that for those of you not for those of you in law enforcement, it's a shitty situation. And sometimes shitty situations are just going to happen. You need like. I'll give you one right now. If you don't talk to your partners, whether it's a car partner or whether it's a beat partner or whether it's a shift partner, if you don't talk to them on a regular basis about what your fucking plan is for being taken hostage, whether you get taken by the bad guy and your partner has to point a gun at you or whether your partner gets taken by the bad guy and you have to point a gun at your partner. If you don't talk about those situations, you're doing yourself and your partner a disservice. If you don't talk about, hey, which one of us is the better shot if we end up in a shitty situation and one of us is going to have to use lethal force, like we should have somebody assigned to taser. We should have somebody assigned to mugger. You know, who's the best hands on guy? Well, maybe he's the mugger. Who's the best shot? Maybe he's the freaking lethal force option. These are things you should talk about. You don't just like you just don't go out there willy nilly. Yeah, you always have a plan. Yeah. Talk to your partners. Always have a plan. And for those of you not on the job. Yeah. This is the unfortunate side effect of also uh, a society that has the mentality of fuck the cops. We can do violence. We can, you know, we can take on the cops. We can challenge them. Now you're creating cops that are hyper vigilant now because there is a freaking nobody has respect for him. And there's a boogeyman trying to kill him waiting around every corner. They don't know what this guy Mm -hmm. is. They don't know if he's just some drunk from the bar or if he's some freaking cop hating asshole just waiting for his opportunity to kill the first cop he can. They don't know. Right. Shitty anyway. situation. Well, and from one shitty situation to another. To another. That um, <laughs> I, I would I would argue. Yeah, I would argue that this one probably has more lessons to learn from the area of taking responsibility for your shit and do your job properly, then I I would, it's, it's again, a shitty situation, but one that probably had more ways to be avoided than not. (laughs) Yeah. And it goes, Oklahoma woman slips out of cuffs, shoots man and deputy from back of police cruiser. The video shows we watched the video and we did, man, it is, it's crazy. And you know what? Um, I was like, man, why, why didn't they see her fucking around in the car? 
And then it shows to the officer's view of dealing with the, the, the person's reporting. Their, their back windows and their windows of their, their, their vehicle, their, their police car is, is tinted like a motherfucker. So they couldn't see anything. Um, and basically the video shows um, a female in the back um, slipping her cuffs, which happens, mm-hmm. um, and obtaining the urban police rifle, M16, AR-15, whatever you want to call it, gets it from the front seat. I guess there was no cage of the vehicle because there's only the rear-facing camera that shows the uh, where the suspect sits. Yeah, I can tell there is a cage, right? There is a cage. I don't think there was a cage. There was only no, a cage I, from the the back where the back hatches where the gear is stored. Well, so that's, assuming that's, so, that's what I. But she like reached through like the cage there. There was an opening where she was able to reach maybe. around because I saw part of the video where she was able to reach around and and so that's what I couldn't figure out is. Was did she uh, get it from the back or did she get it like? No, she got from it from the, the front because you see the, the the back the whole time and you watch her go over where the driver passenger would sit where we normally keep our rifles in the center console area because we don't have a center console in police cars. It's a you know your rifle or your shotgun or if you shotgun and and beanbag if you your agency has a beanbag you'll either have a rifle or two shotguns up there or a rifle and a shotgun. And she gets it. Now, most of the times those are, they're, they're locked. They should be locked. And there's a special yeah. code that you have to hit um, yeah, on your code, light bar but, area right. where mm-hmm. your whale and chirp and all that shit is. And your code three equipment. There's a special code. There's a secret. For, yeah. There's a button as a passenger on the floor sometimes. And it depends. And I think they've gone away with that because, you know, of the, the lack of security. And then there is also a key in case everything fails. You have a key where you can undo it. Who knows? It didn't look like it was secured. Um, and I've seen agencies and coppers who get complacent and they're like, well, I'm just going to leave it there because, you know, it's the whole the whole thing of, well, I'm going to I'm going to patrol without my seatbelt because it's easier for me to bail out of the car. OK, I get that. Right. But here's the thing. You can't be creating shortcuts in your car for it to, e- to easily get out. Um, to get some equipment out or whatever, you need to train your body to keep it secured. And in those stressful situations, know, okay, I got to hit this beep, beep. And it's a half a second where you're able to punch in the code. And it's not a crazy long code. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Because right. A lot of these agencies run the same Axion equipment or no, whatever yeah, code three equipment. Give you so freaking... not going to give you that, but it pops you open within a half of a second and you can take it out real quick. And it, sometimes the rifle ones are a little bit more where you have to lift up a lever and shit like that. Um, Maybe he didn't put it in correctly. I don't fucking know. It's a shitty situation um, that could have been prevented, I think, because me being a police officer and having this equipment in my vehicle, I know for a fact how it's secured. I know that if it's secured properly, ain't no one getting that son of a bitch out. You could pull on it. You might be able to pull out, pull the trigger and shoot around through the, the top of the roof and destroy you the light bar, but you ain't going to be getting it out to shoot anybody. Uh, so she gets it out. She racks it. She, right. Figures out how to work it. Figures that, and, and by the way, do you know what she's she's in the car for? It, it looked to be fifty one fifty. Yeah, like a, she she's like like taking her for a mental health evaluation. Yeah, because she showed up. She didn't want any water. Some random chick, I guess, showed up at someone's house, and they call and like we don't. She's acting crazy. She she won't take water. It looks like meth and do psychosis because she looks tweaky as shit. Um, right. and then is able to arm herself with the M sixteen and fire rounds out of the back of the police cruiser. Um, hits a uh, civilian in the chest, 10 nine ring area. If you know anything about a silhouette, so like right in the money maker. Yeah, doesn't it graze um, the officer's head too? It, it, it grazes the officer in the head. It's crazy because 
I only heard, and my ears could have been playing tricks on me, I only heard one shot at first, and then a bunch more ring out. But when the officer takes around to the head and the, the civilian takes around to the chest, two people are hit at the same time. So maybe she mashed it real quick and shot two rounds, and you only hear one uh, right. big, loud bang, because yeah. that can happen. Um, who knows? But they both got shot, and that's what matters. They bail. They go around another police vehicle and get cover, and then they wait until she gives up because now you have a barricaded suspect. Okay. So this says um, she, she was, because I'm watching her get it out. It says after slipping her cuffs, she reached through the partition to the front seat and accessed a switch to open a gun locker. So, wow. You need to change your equipment <laughs> for sure. I mean, there, there was a design flaw up in this piece. If, if, if somebody can access, first of all, do, do you have, if your department has the, unlock button clearly marked on your gear maybe it's time to rethink that yeah use a code use a two <laughs> I'm not button saying, code <laughs> i'm not saying that that's what they had i'm just saying if your department has the <sighs> gun lock button marked right like i'll say i've seen i've seen, I've seen cars that. where it wasn't necessarily clearly marked but anyone with half a brain cell in their head looking at those buttons might be able to figure out what that initials or abbreviation was for. And I won't say what I'd again, I don't want to, you guys know what I'm talking about. Ours if you've seen any control, if you yeah. Ours so <laughs> there you go. It was rubbed off. But here's another thing. These gun locks, typically some of them have like a metal clamp. Some of them have like a, a ratchet handcuff style, but ultimately if the electronic lock, fails and you need the gun they can still be opened with a key manually and i kept my key on my key ring on my belt period end of story yep yep i have seen people that leave the key in the lock and i have to don't do that yeah. Uh, don't do that. And then this is the, this is the, I saw that in a different agency that I worked. There was a key and then there was also a switch on the floor. And I don't know if they still do that. Um, yeah. I, the switch on the floor is very old school, very old school. And then um, in my agency, we, we didn't have a switch on the floor cause I looked for it. Cause you know, my dad's agency had one. Yeah. And, uh, and then I look, or I was, I learned how to, to, they taught me how to do it from the, the only way to do it other than a key, which is a, a code you would have to put in and it's not marked. You're like, right. these are the buttons because right. we don't want people to know. And also it's something that was taught to me very early on. If you ever have a suspect in the backseat, don't show them, like change the comments of the call. It's change the screen. Cause you don't want them to read that. Cause it could rile them up. They could learn information. They can learn sensitive information like caller's name or number or something yeah, like that. Because some of your these screen. transients, some, yeah, some of these suspects are just switch it off, change to a yeah, different screen or close your laptop. Yep. Um, because you don't need to know that. All you can do everything over the air. Hey, show me transporting. You know your time. My mind. Don't think they're not reading that shit. Yeah, because they do read it. Because I had it. Read it. I've had it popped up for a second. I didn't get a chance to change, and they're like, "Oh, so this person called." I'm like, "Oh shit!" And that was when I was new. And so you switch that off, and then if you're going to do anything that's going to get any type of sensitive information or equipment out. You wait until that suspect isn't looking and then you do it. You don't show them how to do it because they will show all of their buddies because they mm-hmm. are like mini savants when it comes to like escaping police custody. Learning oh, they're paying attention. 
they do. And to think that they won't look, like, oh, it's just a stupid suspect. No, dude, like they learn and they practice shit, this shit in prison. The Folsom role. That's why Folsom you role. don't see uh, people, you know, putting their hands on cars yeah. anymore when they do the frisk. They put their hands. There is no back. more up they against the wall up. and spread them. Exactly. Because they learned how to do the Folsom role. Also, three retention, uh, the, the three retention holsters where you mm-hmm. have to do three different things to get your gun out. They have mm-hmm. also learned how to uh, unlock those. Mm-hmm. And they train that shit in prison. They teach the other side. Yeah, taking apart the Beretta. Yeah. Taking apart. So, like you, everybody's, everybody who saw Lethal Weapon 4 saw the move that Jet Li does and was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was amazing. It's not that amazing when you realize that inmates have been training with soap guns and wood guns and things that they create in, in the crafting area that they use to practice this move to do exactly that, to take the gun apart because they figured out a flaw in the system. Because if they spent half as much time on an actual fucking job as they do on researching how to commit crimes and defeat the police, they could actually make something of themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I would say this one. I don't know why they didn't shoot back. Maybe it was because that was the police car. Maybe they didn't know exactly where the rounds for coming, but they then figured it out. Did she slip her cuffs? Two. Fix can slip cuffs. They have small, dainty little wrists. And even when you're on the last ratchet on a handcuff, they can slip it. I've seen it. I've seen officers do it that are females that wanted to show, hey, you got to be careful with females. Um, they can slip cuffs. If you think her wrists are too small for a handcuff, still mm-hmm. use the handcuff. Take your fucking hobble and tie her shit together. That is one more thing that she keeps zip ties out of. Keep zip ties. Um, those work too. Flexi cuffs are really good. If you have a female, be like, hey, watch her in the back, make sure she can't get to anything. Hey, I need flexi cuffs. Uh, get me, get me some zip ties, you know, something. Um, if your agency doesn't have flexi cuffs, order some yourself. I don't know, but know that females can slip cuffs very easily. It, they don't have to break a thumb. All they do is twist their shit and pull out because their mm-hmm. hands are so small. Females by design. And not all, but most females by design have very small wrists and very small hands. They right. And that don't fall hands. for that whole, oh, this, these are too tight on my wrists. Yeah. Well, some mm. people have the ability to collapse that hand smaller than yep. their wrist. The, the rule of thumb is one finger tip in a cuff. You're mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. If you can fit your whole fucking finger in there, they can get it's out too of much. It. I've yep. seen girls get out. I'm like, don't you get out? I know you can get out. Don't you get out? You get out. We're gonna have a fucking problem. I've even tied my hobble onto their arms. I was like, she's gonna get out. And there's a way you can do it um, that can keep them in a little bit longer if they start to like, you can tell they're starting to squirm or whatever. And you're like, uh oh, there she's gonna get out. Um, but in most cases, you don't have an M16 readily accessible and unlocked or the shit there to unlock it very easily. Two, complacency. Complacency is the number one th- or three. Complacency is the number one thing that are going to get officers killed or hurt or injured. And this mm-hmm. is a prime example, a clear example of complacency. Mm-hmm. You left either a key in, mm-hmm. um, you 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 didn't watch her, you, you didn't yep. have the rule of thumb is always have an officer watching a suspect because they can do crazy shit. If yeah. you didn't search them properly, they can arm themselves with a gun or a knife, and then you open up that back and they shoot or they have you. a key. Or they have a key, so you I've, need to keep. How many suspects have you seen that have a freaking handcuff key on their key ring or something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've seen they, it. They keep it. They keep mm-hmm. keys. They they're not stupid. They get it. Or, 
weapons like guns knives and you're like i I did a pat down here's the thing complacency maybe you didn't do good enough pat down maybe you handed that off and you're another officer who just got the body and you're like oh that pat down's been done Uh uh-uh every time a prisoner or a suspect changes hands you should be doing a pat down search because what if the officer missed something or what if they forgot to do it what if they just hooked them up real quick and threw them in the back Famous case. Weapons and shit. Famous case of that. The guy, I, I don't if if you haven't seen the video, it's on the internet. It's been on the internet for years. Guy in an inter- police interrogation room being about to be interrogated by the police, asks for a bottle of water. Detective walks out to get him the bottle of water, walks back in, hands him the bottle of water. Guy takes a big swig out of the water bottle as the detective goes to get something else. And then while the detective's out of the room, after he takes a swig of the water bottle, he reaches into his waistband, pulls a full-size 5-inch 1911 out of his waistband, blows his own brains out in the interrogation room. And the police come running back in and go, oh, my God, nobody shook him. Nobody searched him. And the bottom line is, is they that guy, famously, the, the after-action report on the situation, that guy had been in three different agencies' hands. He had started off with one arresting agency, been handed off to a second agency, and ultimately handed off to a third agency who then took him to the station to interrogate him. And every single agency assumed that the agency before them had searched him. So he was able to make it all the way into a police interrogation room where he was then unhandcuffed and given a bottle of water and left alone in an interrogation room. They're lucky he decided to blow his own brains out instead of those detectives. It happens. I'll tell you what. I worked as a, as a training instructor for uh, a, a state school in California that did advanced officer safety and, and field tactics. And once a month we would do these courses. And part of the courses was, you know, an advanced uh, simunitions course where we would, you know, work on traffic stops and, and encountering suspects in the field and all that kind of stuff. One of the scenarios, I was the suspect and I would take a little Five shot snub nose 38 loaded with simunitions, and I would hide it somewhere on my body that suspects tend to hide guns. And I won't, I, I hit it numerous different places. We we'll always hide it different places. And a lot of times, what would happen is the police officers would put me in the back of the car. And my instructions per the class curriculum were if the officers put you in the back of the patrol car without finding your snub nose revolver you are then allowed to slip your cuffs, get out of the car, and shoot them. So mm-hmm. we would simulate being handcuffed and we would tell them if it, you know, and if you tell the if you tell the suspect he's handcuffed, you can safely figure that he's handcuffed, but you should still follow all your proper safety procedures. One of those is mm-hmm. keep your eyes on the suspect, even though they're handcuffed in the back of the car. If they took their eyes off me and they didn't search me properly, I'd get out and I'd shoot them in the back and they go, that's no fair. You cheated. And I'd say, how did I cheat? Mm-hmm. And they would always claim that I didn't have the gun on me and that we'd hidden it in the car or something like that. And I would show them exactly where I had it. And it wasn't every time, but it was enough times that people were like, holy shit. I, and, and very few cops would be like, you know what? That's my bad. I screwed up. I didn't find it. I did a bad search. Like in the sock, or they don't do a quick enough Dude, search, or they do a quick, they, too the, quick of a search. They, you you hide that shit down far enough in it. You know they they sweep the the one side, they sweep the other side. They never cross over the middle plane of the small of your back. They never cross mm-hmm. over around the crotch area. You know there's there's areas where we get lazy and we don't thoroughly search. And if you know where those areas are, you can hide a gun and get away with it. 
where coppers don't like grabbing a handful of dick. junk. Yeah. I, I always did. I didn't like it, but I always did it because we did the same thing in the, in our Academy We we would have suspects who would, uh, you know, it was, it was set up this way. Um, there where they would put a gun on them and we would search. If we didn't find it, they would turn around and shoot us. Um, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to be that guy in the field. Ooh. Yeah. I definitely didn't want to get shot and I definitely didn't want them to have dope on them or anything and go to jail. And then, you know, you look stupid. Um, so I would always search them, do a thorough search. You know, if I thought I may have missed something or went too fast, search them again, or do a quick pat down, tell the other guy he needs to be searched again. I just mm-hmm. quick pat down and threw them in the back of the car, fucking search them again, you know, and shit like that happens. But I would always grab them there and they're like, Oh, what man, what are you doing? Why are you grab my junk? I'm like, what are you hiding something in there? Cause I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to go deeper. Stop squirming. Let me grab. Because if you're, if, if you're squirming, that tells me one of two things, you're hiding something or you just feel uncomfortable, but more chances you're you're hiding something so i'm going to grab it i don't like doing it but i'm going to grab and if you keep squirming or pulling away from me i'm going to keep doing it until i can safely clear that area and it's happened too many times and the funny thing is is that my agency we we used to hide um fake little like orange guns or you know uh, a fake like bb gun or something in the car with our new probationers Hey, yep. you know, you put in there prior in the morning, you know exactly what vehicle you can get. You throw the keys to your boot and you're like, hey, we're going to be, you know, rolling out, um, get the car ready. And so they go and get the car ready and they're supposed to clear it. Every officer every day is supposed to look under the seats, shine the light to make sure there's no dope in the back seat, make sure there's no dope in the front seat, make sure there's no items. If there's any, you need to be able to totally... testify that there was nothing in that car when you right. started your shift. Right. And you, and if there is, you have to do a property report and you got to fucking, you got to book it. Mm-hmm. And far too many times, they were probationers finding it and throwing it out like fake, oh. not finding the gun yeah, or to just, or, you know, when they, if they found it and they grabbed it, like, Hey, there was a gun in the back. Yeah, I, I got it. Oh shit. Okay, good. And then like you pass the test, but they wouldn't either find the gun or they'd throw the dope out, which is a big fucking no, no, yeah, huge. No, no. And it it's was an integrity it, issue. It, right. And they got to a point where too many P ones were, um, probationary officers. Up were fucking it up. They weren't finding the the, the yep. dope or they were throwing the dope out or they weren't finding the gun. And so they, they said the their, test was ratings, entrapment. Right. And then their ratings were reflecting like, hey, there was an unsatisfactory, you know, test today. I tested him to see if he would or she would clear the the car before shift. They failed to do so. This is what happened. Unsatisfactory. You know, you're gonna go out and talk to a supervisor about why. And you get too many of those, you can actually get fucking shit canned on yeah, you can get booted during your rating period. Absolutely. Um, because you're an at-will employee, you fart wrong, you can get fired. And that's mm-hmm. how we were all brought on. And then all of a sudden the shift of power changed. And they're like, hey guys, we gotta stop doing this because um it's basically like entrapment. Like these these coppers are, you know, they, they feel like they're being targeted or singled out. Like, no, some some training officers like to do it and some don't but the ones that do if you're if you're complacent which it shows you complacency can kill or get you in trouble or get you hurt mm-hmm. you can't be complacent you always have to you know check your shit you, you can't just think oh someone else did it you can't just think oh well, they're handcuffed they're good and they're in the back seat it's locked no because as we've seen time and time again it can happen and i'll tell you uh, i had a rule and maybe you guys want to maybe you guys have the same rule maybe you guys want to adopt uh this rule but uh, everybody knew, and I, I wasn't offending anybody because I did it to everybody. Uh, if I was handing off a prisoner, if I was handing off somebody that was handcuffed, if I was handing off somebody that wasn't handcuffed, whoever I handed him to, I said, he's clean. Go ahead and search him if you want. Right. And if somebody was handing somebody to me, 
I always searched them. And I said, hey, I'm just going to search them again real quick. I just do that with everybody. And the reason I did it with everybody was A, for my own safety and, and peace of mind, but also B, because I, I wasn't going to say to, you know, cop A, I trust you, but I don't trust cop B to do their job. The bottom line is, is it wasn't about trust, right? right. It wasn't like, oh, Different. I don't trust him to do his job. It was, I know that shit happens and stuff mm-hmm. gets missed and anyone can do it. So if you hand me somebody, they, they, everybody knew you hand me somebody, I'm going to search him. I hand you somebody, I'm going to tell you they're clean, but I'm going to tell you it's okay to, if, you know, it doesn't bother me if you search him again. Yeah. And part of that was me encouraging them. Please do. Please look for my mistakes. Don't let me get somebody hurt because I missed something. Because even the most experienced officer can fucking miss something. Yep. Good example. Arrested a suspect for a non-dope crime. Searched the suspect to the point where pulled pockets out. There was a fucking dime bag of meth. I fucking missed it in basketball shorts. So what happened was, is the little fucking bag was in a little tiny, like little jewelry bag. In, or half inch or quarter yeah. inch fucking bag, half inch bag by half inch bag, mm-hmm. very fucking tiny was had such a small amount of meth in it, but it doesn't matter. It's still contraband was in the pocket. When I pulled the fucking pocket, I couldn't feel it on a pat down because, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we wear gloves and stuff like latex gloves because we don't want heebie jeebies on us. Right. Couldn't feel it. Then pull the pockets out, pull all the coins and shit out. You know, the fucking meth bag was under a piece of fabric when you pulled it out hard it didn't completely come out like it looked like it was all the way out but that little fucking baggie was still stuck in there and even myself one thing i've ever fucking missed in a pat down was that little tiny fucking piece of dope i felt so stupid when i had someone transport my body to the jail and they're like hey dude what the fuck and i was like oh shit really mm-hmm. like what the fuck and it was completely like off brand for me because i I've never missed shit but it just goes to show you that even the most experienced officer can miss something. That's why you have partners. That's why you have partners always double checking your shit. That's why you have a partner. Hey man, will you read my report? Will you double check it? Can you make sure I dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's? Because sometimes you get fatigued. Sometimes you get tired. Sometimes it just happens and you fucking mm-hmm. miss something. And you know, anyone could have missed could have missed that, but it was my fault. I fucking missed it. I should have looked more thoroughly. And you know what? I fucking every time after that, I made sure. I flipped it up and down. I really pulled, I shook it. I everything to make sure that there was no dope on that person. Mm-hmm. And then if there was a dope arrest, I made sure that, you know, a coffin squat, like, Hey, like really fucking look there, like mm-hmm. pop down. Like I'm not afraid of balls or, or buttholes because they could bring contraband that prison wall. They could bring a knife in and it's going to be poking out. And if I see it, like I got to fucking got to tell someone and they got, we got to get a warrant and then we got to extract it. You know, you, you, you have to be uncomfortable or comfortable. You have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable situations. Yep. You've got to make sure that you don't have complacency and you have to always have someone double check your shit because mm-hmm. there is an off chance you miss something. And, and there isn't take your ego out of it. Yeah. Everybody it, 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 get rid of your ego because guess what? Everybody can miss it. You can catch somebody's mistake just as easily as they can catch yours. So, mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned on this one. And uh, since we don't have a guest, Chuck, I think uh, you have our dedication for this week, do you not? Yes. So there was a wildland firefighter who was killed in the Rum Creek fire. Um, state officials identified, yeah, the state officials identified the wildland firefighter killed Thursday as 25-year-old Logan Taylor of talent. Taylor was critically injured after being struck by a tree on the Rum Creek Fire, located north of Gallus and above the Rogue River in southwest Oregon. 
Taylor is the second wildland firefighter killed this month and the fourth in Oregon since 2020. Rescue teams deployed a helicopter and personnel to the fire and airlifted Taylor to Asente Rogue Regional Medical Center in Medford, where Taylor succumbed to his injuries. According to a news release from the Oregon Department of Forestry, we are extremely saddened by the passing of Logan Taylor. Tyler McCarty, ODF, Southwest Oregon District Forest, uh, said, this loss is deeply felt by our ODF family and throughout the wildland fire community as a whole. ODF and our partners are committed to learning from this accident and to do everything we can to reduce the risk of similar incidents occurring in the future. Also on Thursday, on a separate fire in Jackson County, a firefighter was removed from the line after suffering a heart-related illness. And these are just sad. It's sad. Terrible. Take care of your fitness. I mean, also, and uh, you know, I mean, let's face it. If you've had the vaccine, start watching out for heart-related issues because I'm going to tell you what, mm-hmm. it's the evidence is mounting that people who have taken the vaccine have are, are developing heart related issues that they would not have that they would not have been expected to develop. Let's put it that way. I'm not saying the two are related. I'm just saying that, you know, this was a this was a situation where they rushed to get a vaccine to save people's lives or to do what they thought was best, um, regardless of. I'll I'll keep my personal feelings out of it and just say they felt like they were doing what was best, supposedly. And a lot of people had the vaccine. I know people that have taken the vaccine and been just fine. But there's also been a lot of people that have suffered heart related incidents as a result of it. I mean, Chuck, you had to take it. Yeah. And, and my cardiologist specifically said and this is from a cardiologist, a board certified mm-hmm. cardiologist. Mm-hmm. Goes, hey, you got to get on. Like, yeah, unfortunately, I got to do the one and done Johnson and Jansen, Jansen, Johnson, whatever the fuck it's called. Mm-hmm. whatever and um he was like have you had kobe before i was like yeah twice he goes oh don't get it and i'm like why he's like i don't want to see you back on my table am i really he's like yeah you're at a higher risk of mm-hmm. um of uh any heart related in uh episodes you could develop myocarditis you could develop some sort of fucking heart arrhythmia or some crazy shit i don't remember exactly what he said but he's like it's not good yeah. and he goes it's, it's 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 rare but it can happen he goes be careful and i was like all right and he goes Honestly, having natural immunity and already having COVID twice, you are more protected than anybody else, realistically. Yeah. And he even told me how many times he's had it. He's had five. And he's like, I'm done because every time I get one of these uh, injections, I get sicker for longer. Yeah. And that's after getting it. And he's like, it's getting worse. And he's like, I'm honestly afraid to get my next dose. He goes, mm-hmm. because the last one I was down for seven days for symptoms of the injection. He goes, I, I just, I don't think my body can do it. He's like, I'm an older gentleman. I, I just don't think my body can do it. He goes, I don't think you should have to do it. I think your natural immunity could be plenty. Yeah. So let's say it this way. Uh, old or young, if you've, if you've had COVID or especially if you've had the vaccine, just pay attention to your heart and maybe, uh, maybe start getting things checked out. Don't dismiss things that you, you know, in 2018, you'd have been like, oh, it's fine. Well, now it's 2022 and it could not be fine. So get shit. Especially for two weeks after that injection. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, all right. Well, uh, we're, uh, we're getting closer to, uh, to releasing some new shit, right, Chuck. And, uh, I know you're going to take us home. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. Um, 
If you like today's podcast, please go follow us on our Instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. If you already follow us and share our post and our info, you can also go to the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook to reach all of our socials, our media, and our website. Our podcast is on all major podcast streaming platforms, as well as on YouTube. If you want to support us, please go to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com and grab some gear. We still have some stuff left, and we're going to be uh, coming out with uh, some hats. And when those run out, it'll all be pre-orders, and we're going to be coming out with some tanks. Um, it's still hot where where I'm at. Um, still mm-hmm. like 110 degrees. So hopefully where you guys are at, you can still be able to get them. It'll be pretty inexpensive. Um, and uh, if you want to be featured on our show or think you have a story, please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com. Again, that's booking.warstories at gmail.com and send me your story and I can get you booked. We are looking for law enforcement corrections, dispatchers, fire medics, and veterans. If you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us and give them our booking email. And you can also send me their info, but please at least talk to me about it before I send an email or a phone call or a text or something, because yeah. that would greatly appreciate it. Would help me because they're going to be like, who is this weirdo? You know, if they've never heard about us, yeah. calling <laughs> right. the blue. it's kind of exactly. weird. So yeah. let them know about us. Be like, hey, get, expect a phone call. I told them about you. I think you'd be a great fit. If they implicitly say no, tell them no. Let us know, please, so we don't get a weird right. conversation. Exactly. Make it but please let them know about us. Give them um, our info. Uh, give us their info um, if you've already been featured on the show and you want to come back on the show please reach back out to me via email at booking.warstories at gmail.com and just be like hey I want to come back on I have some more stories and we'll get you booked I already have mm-hmm. two or three people lined up so let's uh, let's get some more yeah. and until our next episode come home with your shield or on it <laughs>